Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Is it time to invest in the Singapore REITs as the interest rate cycle peaks? Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast series Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. I am Janai Chua, Equity Research Analyst covering the Singapore REIT sector, and I'll be sharing our refreshed views on the asset class as well as our latest investment ideas. To answer our opening question, let's take a step back and re-examine what REITs are and what makes a REIT. REITs, or Real Estate Investment Trusts, are classified as Collective Investment Schemes by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or the MAS. What differentiates REITs from other collective investment schemes like mutual funds is the fact that they are vehicles set up for the primary purpose of investing in income-generating real estate assets. There are several advantages to investing in a REIT rather than buying physical properties. For instance, it's easier to buy and sell units in a REIT, whereas physical property is more illiquid. And REITs have the added attraction of tax transparency. This basically means the income distributed is not subject to corporate taxes at the REIT level, but taxed at the unit holder level, which in Singapore's case is zero, since there are no withholding taxes for individuals. Tax transparency is conditional on the REIT paying out at least 90% of its taxable income in Singapore. For these reasons, REIT payouts are known as distributions, and REIT investors are unit holders. This is in contrast to dividends, which are paid out of earnings by companies that typically have little or no debt debt to investors who are shareholders. What then are the trade-offs? While the high payouts and tax transparency have boosted distribution yields for the Singapore REITs to over 6% as a sector, the flip side is that the REITs are usually unable to build up cash reserves to pay down loans that fall due and must almost certainly hold debt on their balance sheets. They therefore need to actively manage capital to minimise refinancing risks. And they must also keep to legal gearing limits imposed by the central bank, namely maximum debt-to-assets ratio of 50% for REITs with an interest coverage ratio of at least 2.5 times. This falls to 45% for REITs who do not meet this ICR criteria. The leverage that the REITs must necessarily take on their balance sheets and their inherent bias towards the real estate sector has penalised them when interest rates were rising in the past year. This played through mainly through two ways. Firstly, higher average sector borrowing costs, which we believe have increased an estimated 100 bips since bottoming in 2021, have led to higher financing costs. This, together with higher utilities prices as a result of the Russia-Ukraine war, among others, and slowing economic growth, has crimped growth in distribution per unit, or DPU, akin to dividend per share, for the sector, driving 5% downgrade in consensus DPU forecasts for 2023. Higher financing costs have also worsened debt metrics like the interest coverage ratio, which the street estimates will decline from 5.3 times if we use trailing REIT financials to 4.1 times if forward financials taking account higher interest rates are used. Steadily increasing gearing levels have exacerbated the situation, with sector gearing hitting 38.4% in Q1 of this year, close to the historical high. Secondly, rising interest rates have put pressure on property values as cap rates rise in tandem with the higher interest rates. Nowhere has this been more evident than in the US commercial real estate market, 
where a string of high-profile defaults by office landlords like Columbia Property Trust, owned by Pimple, and Brookfield Corp rocked markets. Both were hit by the triple whammy of rising interest rates, altering tech demand, and increasing work from home that drove office vacancies up and rents down. The challenging outlook overseas has led to questions over the health of the local commercial real estate market in Singapore, particularly with two mid-sized office transactions in Chinatown and Robinson Road transacting at markdown prices back in April. How much of this is a concern for Singapore? We would not underestimate the risks that cap rates could expand, especially given historically low cap rate spreads and the chance that these would probably widen rather than narrow. However, the silver lining is that valuations may have already factored this in as the Singapore REITs have corrected 15% in price terms since 2022 and are down 8% on a total returns basis. So while we would not rule out slight dip in asset values, we do believe valuations for prime Singapore assets remain stable, underpinned by tight occupancies and the holding power of institutional landlords. As a case in point, the March 2023 valuation exercise by the Maple Tree family of REITs supports this, with valuers more or less maintaining the value of the Singapore properties in its portfolio, except for those with a very short land tenure, but marking down valuations for overseas properties due to weaker fundamentals and larger cap rate movements. Now, although the picture we have painted so far seems quite gloomy, relief for the Singapore REITs is in sight. Some language used by the US Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell in May after its 10th rate hike has signaled that the US may be close to the end of its hiking cycle. And echoing this, our Julius Baer economics team expects no more rate hikes for the rest of 2023 and has in fact penciled in a rate cut by the end of this year. Concurrently in Singapore, the MAS has also kept its policy settings in its April Monetary Policy Committee meeting unchanged, and this will be the first time it is pausing after five successive tightening moves since October 2021. The decision was driven by a cautious assessment of Singapore's growth outlook. The very dynamics of rising rates that penalise the Singapore REITs should now work in their favour as rates plateau. And indeed, the historical evidence for this is quite compelling. The sell-side analysis shows that when the Fed stopped raising rates in the 2006-07 and 2018-19 rate cycle, the Singapore REITs outperformed the main board by 4-7% and the local banks by 7-22%. So at this stage of the interest rate cycle, our house view on the Singapore REITs is a more positive one compared to a year ago, albeit tempered by a bit of caution. Because even with the peaking of the rate cycle, absolute interest rates remain elevated and are unlikely to revert to the lows of past years soon. For instance, the current 10-year Singapore government bond yield of 2.7% is down almost 100 bips from its October 2022 peak, but still some 40 bips above the 15-year long-run average. And these high absolute rates will weigh on growth as hedges roll off. Meanwhile, a recession while bringing out the qualities of the Singapore REITs as defensive plays could exact their toll on market sentiment, occupancy and rental growth, capping the potential upside from relative outperformance. So, to go back to the question at the start of this podcast, is it time to invest in the Singapore REITs as the interest rate cycle peaks? Our answer is a qualified yes. We believe it is worth revisiting the sector as we approach what seems to be the end of the rate hike cycle. However, as a hedge against an upward shift in rate high expectations, and if a hard landing materialises, our recommendation would be to stick with names that have a proven track record of delivering in and out of rate and growth cycles. 
So these would include the larger blue chip names with strong parentage, quality assets, conservative leverage of 40% or less, and good access to credit markets. In terms of sectors, retail is our preferred hiding place given clear signs of a continued improvement in tenant sales and rental reversions. Historically, landlords, especially those with suburban retail malls, have weathered recessions in pretty decent shape with occupancies that have never dipped below 90%. The return of the Chinese tourists, for now delayed, would be an additional catalyst for malls with prime exposure when arrival numbers eventually normalise. We believe there are opportunities for more risk-tolerant investors to add to positions in the blue-chip new economy industrial names, the likes of logistics, business parks and data centres, where value appears to be emerging after a sell-down, and these would also be the most sensitive to a pause in rate-high expectations. After a long hiatus with no deals, recent acquisitions by Maple Tree Logistics Trust and Capital Land Ascenders REIT provide hope that inorganic growth as a driver may be making a comeback. So to sum up today's podcast, the Singapore REITs are leveraged plays that were penalised by rising interest rates in the past year, but should now benefit from the pause in rate high expectations. While the rate outlook looks incrementally more favourable for EU plays, high absolute interest rates and the possibility of a recession are some risks to returns. Our focus would be on quality large cap names with a preference for the retail and new economy sectors. Taking a longer-term perspective, while year-to-year fluctuations in REIT returns can be volatile, we believe that the long-term investment case for the Singapore REITs remains a robust one and continues to be driven not so much by interest rate movements, but by the compounding effect of their steady distribution payouts. Backtesting shows that dividends account for 40-60% to of multi-year Singapore REIT returns, and the best rewards are to be reaped by those with the patience to wait. Dear listeners, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. And on behalf of all of us at Julius Bear, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Bear. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbayer.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.